Welcome, I'm Meridia Baldacci, Director of Strategy at Family Policy Alliance. We're so glad you're joining us today. Uh, if you've been following the news at all recently, then you know there's been a lot of big news coming out of the Supreme Court in the last couple of weeks. Um, and one of those cases that you've probably heard about is a case that was actually a really big win for free speech and I would say for religious freedom. Uh, but I don't want to spoil that story, so I'm actually going to jump right in and bring our guest, Matt Sharp, from Alliance Defending Freedom. They're the firm behind this case, 303 Creative. Uh, so excited to have you on, Matt. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, let's just let's start at the beginning. I think pe people have probably heard the, the phrase or a little bit about the case 303 Creative, but I want to actually back us up. What was the law that was that was at play in this case and what, what did it require? Yeah. So a lot of states have passed these public accommodation laws. These are laws that say a person shouldn't be denied access to like a restaurant or a hotel room because of their race, because of their sex, because of their religion. Uh, and these were very good laws that were passed during the civil rights area to remedy a, a real issue that we had with race discrimination and other issues. Sadly, over the years, several states, Colorado included, had expanded these laws to insert gender identity and sexual orientation and then started misusing these laws to specifically go after people of faith, people that have different views about marriage, that have the belief that uh, we are created male and female, um, and that a person can't change their biological sex. So what we've seen in Colorado is them take this public accommodations law and start weaponizing it, misusing it against people to tell them that they must speak a message or support an idea that violates their core beliefs and convictions. Man, and this is not y'all's first rodeo with this case. I ever read this law. I know that uh, you dealt with this same law in another famous case that probably some of our viewers are familiar with, Masterpiece Cake Shop, dealt with a man named Jack Phillips. Can I, I think there's definitely a, a relationship between these two cases. So do you, do you want to maybe tell us first about Masterpiece, and then we'll talk about the current news? Yeah. So many of you know Jack Phillips. Again, he's the cake artist and owner of Masterpiece Cake Shop there in the Denver area of Colorado. And for many years, Jack has created incredible works of art through the custom cake tea design. He tells stories with them. And among those is he likes to communicate about marriage uh, and celebrate marriage as the union of one man and one woman. Uh, there's a variety of messages that Jack will not express on these custom cakes. For example, he won't do things with a Halloween theme because he doesn't like the, the goblins and witches. He won't do anything that disparages America. It's anti-American. And he won't do cakes that violate his beliefs about marriage between one man and one woman. But one day a couple came in asking for a custom designed wedding cake to, uh, in support of their same-sex marriage. And Jack politely declined, said he wouldn't be able to design that custom cake, but then told them he would be happy to sell them anything else in his shop. He serves people from all walks of life and all background, but just doesn't want to create custom cakes that violate his beliefs. Well, next thing you know, he finds himself being uh, challenged, taken to court by the state of Colorado, using this public com accommodation law to say, Jack, you must create cakes that celebrate same-sex marriage. You must create cakes that express a message that violate your beliefs. And so, Jack, we represented him. His case went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, who ruled for Jack, but focused on this idea of religious hostility, that Colorado was showing hostility and animosity towards Jack's beliefs. In fact, Colorado had compared Jack's good faith beliefs about marriage, beliefs that millions of Americans hold, being no different than those of, of the Nazis. And so based on that, the Supreme Court ruled for Jack, but didn't get to the core question of, does the Constitution protect Jack against compelled speech? 
Well, next thing you know, Jack is dragged in court again, this time by an activist in Colorado, asking Jack to create a cake celebrating a gender transition, uh, among other cakes that Jack did not feel he could create because of his belief. And so now Jack is back in court again. He's actually has his case awaiting uh, the Colorado Supreme Court, hoping it will take up his case. But we've seen how with Jack and, and other clients that ADF represents, photographers, uh, t-shirt designers, how these same public accommodation laws are being misused again and again and again to tell people that they must speak messages, support ideas and beliefs that they don't agree with. Well, and it's so counterintuitive to, to who we are as Americans, I think, that there's this idea that you, you should be able to own a business and say, you know, of course I want your business, of course I want to support you, but there's things I'm not going to do that, that, that violate my conscience and that, that should be an obvious First Amendment protected rights that should, we should all be able to agree upon as Americans. But clearly there's been contention. So Jack Phillips, poor Jack Phillips can't catch a break and is, has had one, one case and another case ongoing right now. Now we've got this second case that was dealing with the same public accommodations law in Colorado. So that, that brings us up to today. So what is 303 Creative and especially how did, what's the origin story for this, this case? Lori Smith is also based in Colorado. She's an incredibly talented graphic artist and website designer and who had left the corporate world to be able to take on projects that she believed in, uh, projects like supporting veterans or communicating the beauty of marriage. Well, being in Colorado, Jack, uh, excuse me, Lori saw what Jack had been through, how he had been dragged into court again and again and again. And so when she decided she wanted to launch a wedding website to be able to tell stories about marriage to help couples celebrate their marriages uh, that she was going to get dragged into court just like jack did now fortunately in our court system we don't require people to wait until they're dragged into court or when the police come knocking at their door for them to be able to challenge unjust law we have this mechanism called a pre-enforcement challenge which is when you have a credible threat that the government is going to apply one of these laws to violate your rights you can take the government to court to get a ruling and that's exact, exactly what Lori did, seeing what happened to Jack again and again in Colorado, seeing what happened to creative professionals and artists in other states being dragged into court under similar laws. Lori challenged this Colorado law saying, I want to be able to tell about the beauty of marriage consistent with my beliefs, but Colorado is going to tell me that I have to create wedding websites to celebrate same-sex marriage and ideas that I can agree with. And so that's what ultimately led to this lawsuit, this legal challenge. And notably, throughout the entire case, Colorado has affirmed that, yes, indeed, it believes that it can apply its law against Lori's speech. It agrees that what Lori does is speech, that her web website design is speech protected by the Constitution, but nonetheless says, we can still override your constitutional rights and force you to speak messages that you disagree with. Unbelievable. And I, I, I'm glad that you mentioned the pre-enforcement challenge, because, of course, that has become an important uh, part of the public conversation Maybe unfortunately, um, in the last couple of weeks around this, there's been, for, for those who are watching and aren't familiar with what I'm talking about, um, some people are alleging that essentially Lori based her entire case on um, a request, uh, on a fake request. That's, uh, that's, that's essentially the, the allegation. Can you kind of dispel that myth, Matt, for us? Yeah, this started with a, a journalist uh, writing an article saying we, we contacted this person that allegedly had reached out to Lori and they disputed it. Well, number one, it is undisputed that Lori did receive a request right after she filed this lawsuit from an individual seeking these same-sex wedding design service. Now, Lori, because she's in the midst of this lawsuit, she can't screen everything, but she undisputedly received that request as she testified uh, in court in a science sworn affidavit. 
But more importantly, not only did she receive that request, but that wasn't the premise of this lawsuit. Like we were talking about earlier, this lawsuit was premised on the fact that Colorado has enforced this exact law against other individuals, namely Jack Phillips, who creates speech. Throughout this process, Colorado has again and again reaffirmed that it has the authority to misuse this law to force Lori to speak messages she disagrees with. And that's why all throughout this case, from the lower courts to the Court of Appeals and all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, they recognize that Lori has standing, that she has a concrete fear that this law is going to be applied against her, and that gives her the ability to challenge this law in court. So all of the, these allegations swirling around, number one, they're simply false. Lori did receive a request, but more importantly, these are the types of challenges that the courts have long recognized to allow individuals to be able to challenge unjust laws and seek relief rather than waiting for the government to come knocking at the door, threatening them with punishment for not speaking a message that the individual disagrees with. We are so glad you're enjoying Conversations with Craig. Your experience doesn't have to stop here. To stay connected with other listeners, hear about current events affecting your family, and to share pictures and videos with your friends, follow Family Policy Alliance on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check out the links in the show notes, and we'll see you online. Absolutely. I, the, the analogy that's coming to mind for me, maybe this is a poor one, but is if you had a, a really unfair HOA law and or HOA bylaw and you said, you know, you can't change X feature about your house and multiple people had tried to change it. And each time the HOA came down and gave them punishments. And now, you know, Lori Smith in this case is saying, OK, I want to make that same change. I know that if I do it, if, if I do it, it's going to cause a problem. So I'm going to go ask the HOA if we can change that bylaw because this is going to cause a problem. And it's an unfair bylaw. I'm not going to wait till I get punished. I'm not going to wait until that that comes down. That's that's what's happening here. And then she happened to get a request, which you know it maybe helps the case, but it's it's not what it's based on. So I appreciate you dispelling that. Um, so so you eventually this this works its way through the court system and gets all the way up to the Supreme Court. Uh, what did the Supreme Court actually say in this case, and what does it mean for Americans? Well, it was a huge victory because Lori had lost along the way. In fact, the Court of Appeals had affirmed, yes, Lori, what you do is free speech. It's protected by the First Amendment, but nonetheless held that Colorado's public accommodation law, this state law, can override our constitutional freedom. And we think that's why the Supreme Court took up Lori's case. And there was a number of important things that the court found in ruling for Lori, in ruling that when Colorado's state public accommodations law collides with the constitutional rights of Lori and every American, the constitute that must prevail. Number one, it recognized what Lori does is speech, that when individuals create, when they pour expression into whether it's art, a website design, whatever it may be, the constitution protects it. Number two, the court repeatedly recognized that Lori serves people from all walks of life, that this was never about the who, as was described in the oral argument. Lori is not declining to do something because of who someone is, because again and again, the court recognized she serves everyone, including LGBT individuals. Rather, it's about the what. It's about the message that Lori was being asked to create. And the court recognized that based on a long line of precedent, we don't allow the government to force any American, an artist like Lori or otherwise, to speak messages that they disagree with. And in doing so, it reaffirmed that whether it's a, a Lori, a graphic artist in Colorado, or any of us anywhere in the country, we never have to fear the government saying, you must speak this message in order for you to open your business. You must speak this message in order for you to create. This. And so it's a very encouraging thing that 
going to have many applications, not just in the context of wedding goods and services, uh, but think of the example of, of teachers being told that they must use a student inaccurate pronoun. Uh, think of other individuals that are being told you must say something that you disagree with. Uh, a classic example that the court brought up, would we force an LGBT website designer to create a website disparaging same-sex marriage? Would we force a Muslim to create content for a Jewish website or an evangelical website? Of course not. And so that same protection for Lori protects all Americans from ever being forced by the government to say or speak something that you disagree with. That's outstanding. And I, I appreciate that you distinguish between the who and the what, because this is this is the other thing I want you to specifically address is, of course, especially those on the left are crying out that, oh, this is a this is now a discriminated. This is this is condoned discrimination from the Supreme Court. They're saying that, yes, you can discriminate against, you know, fill in the blank. And in this case, they would say against like a gay couple or something. But there is a difference here between uh, it, 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 we're not talking about who who was making the ask, but what what was being talked about. So how would you encourage as as Americans, the people who are listening to this are going to be with us on this, of course. So so I, I know our audience is with us, but maybe they have friends who are coming to them and saying, I think what the Supreme Court just did is, you know, they condone discrimination or something. How should they respond? to that? Yeah, I think the, the court did a great job of calling this out when the dissent said, oh, this is going to open up the door to widespread discrimination. Justice Gorsuch appropriately responded. That is pure fiction. Number one, we know in all of these cases, whether it's Jack Phillips, whether it's Lori Smith or any of our other clients, these are all individuals that serve people from all walks of life that are glad to open their doors and their businesses to everyone because that's what Americans do. We serve everyone. We work with everyone. But what the difference is, is that message. And when it comes to that, we've always drawn a line to say, we don't force you to speak message. And that leads to another important point. We are talking about things that have expressive aspects to them a custom designed wedding cake, a website, graphic design, all things that courts have time and time again recognized when it comes to expression, it's different. So we're not talking about something that's, you know, an off the shelf good or service. Uh, if someone walks into Jack's shop and says, can I buy those, that paid uh, plate of brownies that you have? Uh, it doesn't matter if the person is LGBT, a different religion, whatever. These laws will still ensure that all Americans can get access to goods and services. But when there is an expressive element to it, when it involves speech and you're telling an artist, a creator, an individual, you must create something, you must speak something, express something that you disagree with, that's where these important First Amendment protections come in. So what we're going to see is like we've always thought, seen in America. When it comes to being able to access, you know, again, walk into a McDonald's, get a job, et cetera, people are always going to be able to do so without regard to who they are. But we can also ensure that there are clear, strong protections for speech, for expression, for people from all walks of life. Yeah, that's that's so right. It's, it's a difference between if I'm a T-shirt designer and some uh, someone who's, I don't know, a Satanist walks in and asks me to make a, a smiley face T-shirt. I'm not going to have any objection to that versus if they say I, I love Satanists. Well, or, or you know, I, I embrace Satanists I'm on my T-shirt. I'm not going to I'm not going to approve that. I'm, I'm not going to want to do that. So I, I appreciate that, that this is this is a great thing for Americans. But I do want to end on that note. What encouragement do you have for Americans in light of this case? Um, and what do you think what do you think is next in the religious freedom and free speech discussion? Yeah, I think a few takeaways from this. First, I saw that there was a poll that came out after the case that was asking people, what do you think about when you're asking a business owner to create something that conflicts with their beliefs about uh, gender or sex or marriage? Uh, and an overwhelming number of Americans said, yes, we need to have protection. 
I think this shows when individuals like Lori Smith, when individuals like Jack Phillips stand up and share their story, when they show that they are kind, compassionate people that work with everyone, but are simply asking to not be forced to speak something they disagree with, Americans see that and they can see the difference between uh, the individuals that are just trying to, to live consistent with their faith and they support that. So another one I'm encouraged that as more Americans understand this issue, they're going to see why this court ruling is so vital, so important, and why it truly does protect every American. But second, I think it shows the importance of courage and standing up. In Lori's case, this was a seven-year battle. Um, she was putting her whole business on the line by taking this stand, by challenging Colorado's law. And so over all of this, despite losing at the lower court, she ultimately prevailed. And I think that ought to give any of us encouragement. When you take a stand for what's right, whether it's the mother and dad that's standing up at a school board meeting because they're concerned about gender ideology being pushed on their kids. Maybe it's a doctor that says, I don't want to be doing harmful gender transition procedures on a young child. Or maybe it's a designer, a graphic artist, a photographer that says, I don't want to be forced to create custom expression that violates my belief. When you take a stand, you can prevail and not only secure a victory for yourself, not only secure a victory for your family or your business or your medical practice, but do something that creates precedent that will reverberate across the nation and help ensure that every one of us and our children and their children after them will continue to have the guarantee of liberty preserved for them for generations to come. Could not have said it better myself, Matt. If you're listening to this, be sure to check out Alliance Defending Freedom. Probably already know them, but if you don't, do check them out. We love our friends at ADF and just the incredible work that they're doing at the Supreme Court and all around the nation. Uh, so thanks for joining us, Matt. So good to have you on. Um, and to our audience, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this, if you learned from this interview, please do like, comment, share. I know I ask this every time and I say this every time, but social media companies don't like the kind of messages that we're putting out speaking speaking of disliking messages. Uh, so the way to the way to get that out is to like, comment, and share. That'll help push it up higher and help people's social media feeds and get this message out. Thanks for watching and we'll see you next time. Brought to you by Family Policy Alliance. Our vision is a nation where God is honored, religious freedom flourishes, families thrive, and life is cherished.